0: Here's how I want to begin. If you, um, if, if you think about um, the way, these, the phones that we have, I actually don't have my phone. I was going to grab it, but it's there. I don't need it, babe. But, um, you know, every, every single one of us has got a computer in our pocket, right? Uh, now these, these days we have a computer in our pocket. It's, uh, in our, we can control a computer with our thumbs. It's a smartphone. Uh, pretty much everyone has a smartphone. I heard a rumor, by the way, are they going to outlaw flip phones? Did I hear that correctly? I heard recently that the technology is not going to allow flip phones to be in operation. How many of you, that makes you sad? Youth? It's uh... All of us have a smartphone, and um, the beauty of a smartphone is that the technology, I mean, there's some downsides to having a computer in your pocket, um, but one of the upsides is that uh, information is at your fingertips at all the, to- all the time, and I am a huge fan of Google Maps. I love Google Maps. Uh, Google Maps helps me figure out exactly where to go. I li- I'm a review person. I like to do reviews. I look at reviews. I read reviews. I analyze reviews, and then I give reviews, and then I like to do directions because I like to know the quickest and the shortest route in order to get somewhere. How many of you like directions? and use it on your phone. Um, If you remember back in the day, do y'all remember back in the day before smartphones existed? Do you remember um, the the, the iteration before smartphones, if if I can remember correctly, is um, you could go on the internet, you could log on to the internet, you could put your destination in, and then MapQuest, anybody remember MapQuest in the house? MapQuest, would give you the directions for how to get there but then you would have to print those directions, take them with you in the car and try to figure it out on a piece of paper as before the internet, Hey, before MapQuest existed, they actually had hard copy maps. You ever seen one of these things? Like every now and then when you're traveling and you go into a welcome center and there's like this thick pamphlet and it's called a map and you open it up and it's like, it's like the size of a sheet of plywood. And uh, you can, you can look like on there, like, I don't know how people used to use those back in the day. Uh, Somehow they figured out I don't know how it works. I really, am not sure exactly how it works. I don't know how you did that, um. It probably took you twice as long to get where you were you, you were going. I don't know. I don't know. I, um, but 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 here's um, here, here's here's what's um, interesting about, about that is that um, did you you know that life is life is a journey, uh, life life is a journey, and all of us are on this journey, and we are all headed to um, various places. Um, our life is is like a path. The scriptures would say. And all of us are trying to figure out um, how to get to the destination that we have in in mind. All of us have a destination in mind, and we're trying to figure out how to get there to that destination. And and each of us have a unique path that we are um, traveling. Here's here's the title for today's sermon. It's, It's this. You can write this down if you'd like. It's this, Letting God Direct Your Paths. Uh, letting God direct your paths. Today we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3 and we're going to be in one of the most famous passages in, in the scriptures, Proverbs chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 1. And this, these are the words of the father uh, to a son, a, a wise father to a young son. Uh, his, the, the father's name is Solomon and he's written these words to his son to help him understand how to navigate the journey of life to understand how to get to where you want to go in the journey of life. The scriptures say this in Proverbs 3, beginning in verse one, it says this. He says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. How many of you want that in your life? Let love and faithfulness never leave you and bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Anybody else feel like he makes this a little too easy? (laughs) Anybody else feel like this is a little unrealistic? And then he says this in, in verse five. Trust, somebody say trust. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. I'd like to focus our time on these last two verses, verse 5 and 6, under the topic Letting God Direct Your. Paths. Now let's start at the very end of the scripture. At the very end of the passage, it says that He, speaking of God, will um, make your paths straight. If we did a survey today and we um, asked how many of you would like to have a, a divine oriented a path, Uh, How many of you would want God to help direct your path? How many of you would want God to be a part of helping you get where you want to go? I would imagine that the vote, the survey would be upwards of almost 100% of us would say, I would like for God to be a part of my journey and my path and helping me get to where I need to be. And here's the reality, reality is that all of us will have certain outcomes, All of us will have certain outcomes. All of us will have various destinations of our lives. All of us are going to end up somewhere on this journey of life. All of us are going to um, have certain financial outcomes in our lives. Um, All of us are going to have some some kind of career-oriented outcome in our lives. Some of us are going to have some relationship outcomes in our lives all of us are going to have various um, outcomes. And I could imagine if we went around the room today, um, you know, whether you've been, uh, maybe you're upside down financially. Uh, maybe, maybe you've had um, relationships that have gone south. Um, maybe you have, um, maybe you hate your job. Uh, maybe you're in a, a situation that um, isn't where you wanted to be. Maybe, maybe you're experiencing an outcome in, in your life that isn't what you planned for or what you um, wanted. Um, I think all of us would, would desire for divine outcomes in our lives. And, and here's, here's the reality. The scriptures say that, that there is a way that God will direct your paths. There is a way that you can have divine outcomes in your life. Here's, here's my first point. It's, it's this. Divine outcomes require... Divine directions. Does that make sense? Divine outcomes require divine directions. You just don't get divine outcomes in your life by doing whatever you want to do. That, that isn't how it, it, it works. If you want to have a God-ordained outcome in your life, if you want to have a God-created outcome in your life, then you've got to do it God's way. You've got to, to go about it God's way with divine directions. So how do we get, um, how do we get divine how do, we get, how do we get divine outcomes in our lives? So here's, 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 what, the, here's what Solomon, the wise father, says. He's, he says this. He begins with this word, trust. He begins with this word, trust. And this is an important word um, in our lives, spiritually speaking. Um, it's an important word because, um, you know, what does it mean? To trust. When he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, what, is it, what does it mean to trust? What does it mean to really trust in God? I think, unfortunately, we've created a difference between believing and trusting. Here's what I mean by that. Um, for many people, they would say or they would acknowledge that they believe in God. I believe in God. I believe that there is a God. I believe that there's a higher being. I believe something like that. Um, believing in God, but it's different than trusting in, in God. Here's, here's the reality, if you want to use it, those kinds of words or terms or definitions, that, that means that you can believe in God and not trust in Him. There's a difference between intellectually um, agreeing with some kind of principle or some kind of ideology. There's a difference between that kind of intellectual belief and personal, emotional trust. When you look at the scriptures and this, this word trust, when you look at the root word of the word trust, it means security. It means security, it means safety. It can also mean confidence. It means what you find your security in. It means what you find your safety in. It means what you put your confidence in. You know, all of us have, there's some basic human needs that we all have. We all have have basic human needs, uh, the need for significance. Every single person in the room today wants to feel like their life matters. Everybody wants to feel like they have meaning, like they have purpose. We all have the basic human need of love and connection, meaningful relationship. We all have the, uh, the basic human need of contribution and, and, and making a difference and, and contributing in some way to others or to society. One of the greatest human needs that we have is security. Trusting and resting and hoping in something, some level of certainty, some level of security that we're going to be okay and trust is whatever you put your security in, which means if we're going to use these terms and these definitions, that means technically, I guess you could kind of believe in God without trusting in him. It's one thing to believe and believe that he exists. It's another thing to actually trust him with your, with your life. Um, you, ever, um, you, you, you ever done a trust fall before? Anybody done a trust fall? Um, anybody, anybody remember summer camp, you know, and you, at summer camp, they were doing trust falls and you know, you had to jump up on the platform and you had, you had to turn around. Do you know why they call it a trust fall? Because you have to trust. You, you, get it. you just you just gotta you just gotta hope and believe that the people behind you are actually going to catch you when you fall. Now here's what here's what happens a lot of times if you've ever watched one of these trust falls. Um, someone you have to put your arms um, across your chest and you fall back and and then a lot of times about halfway back what, what do people do? They put their hands out. They they put because that, that demonstrates that they actually don't trust in that moment. That the they they're gotta feel like they gotta catch themselves. True trust, it's, it's when you stay like this the whole way, and you trust that someone else is going to catch you. That's, that's what trust is. It's, it's putting your security and putting your hope and putting your safety in something. And in, in a trust fall, it's putting your security in something else other than yourself. So it is with God Trusting in God means that you are putting your trust, your security, your your confidence, your hope, you're relying ultimately on him rather than yourself. And here's the kind of trust that Solomon tells his young son to have. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just in case Solomon's young son was curious about the kind of trust, the degree of trust that his father was uh, teaching, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, um, as I did some research this week into this word heart, um, back in the ancient days a couple thousand years ago when this would have been written or a few thousand years ago when this would have been written um, Science wasn't as advanced in anatomy and understanding the biology of the body and all this They d- didn't understand all the kidneys and the brain and all those various things The commentators tell us that um, when someone would refer to the heart They recognized that the heart was an internal muscle an internal organ That would have been central to the vitality of human life and pumping blood throughout the entire body But in the Old Testament or in the scriptures when um, the word heart would have been used, it would have been used in three different capacities. Um, The first way it would have been used would be the seat of the intellect. So if someone used the word heart, it could have been referred to as the place of thinking. The the place of of intellect, the the place of mental thinking and computation. The second way that it would have been used to refer to is not only into um, thinking, but also in emotion. It would be the seat of emotion. It would be the place of feeling. It would be that internal sense of feeling and emotion. And then the third way that it would be used um, would be the seat of will or desire. So thinking, feeling, and desiring. Will means that conscious place where you make decisions from, that conscious place where you take action from. And when Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, he's meaning with everything in you, with every aspect of you, with that internal sense of who you are, your entire personhood, to trust in the Lord with, with, with every part, with every capacity, with your, with your thinking, with your feeling, with your emotion, and, and with your will and with your decision-making. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So what does it mean? What does it mean um, to trust in the Lord with all your heart? We saw at the end of the scriptures, it says that God will direct our paths. At the beginning of the, the scripture, it says that trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then he gives us two options for what it looks like to actually trust in the Lord. Two ways. You can call this two ways to live. Two options. Here, here's, here's the first one. Here's number one. First of all, he says, not leaning on your own understanding. Not leaning on your own understanding. The other option, he says, is submitting to God in all your ways. Let's start with the first option. Not leaning into your own understanding. Here's the reality. Is that all of us think we're pretty smart. All of us think that our way of doing things is, is, is pretty right. All of us think that we're pretty good at doing what we're, we're doing. All of us have arrived at a place where in our own mind, it makes sense for, the, the, for us to do the things that way that we do. The scriptures would call that your own understanding. And here's what the scriptures would say, don't lean on your own understanding. Do you know that's an incredibly hard thing? That's an incredibly hard thing to, even if something makes sense in your own mind, that you've got to question that. That you've got to counteract that with something. That just because you can arrive at something in your own head doesn't mean that it's right. Good Lord, can we look at even our political climate right now? I mean, the division that's existing in our... Or, everybody thinks that they're right. Everybody on both sides of the aisle thinks that they're absolutely right. Thinks that their way is the way. Thinks, and we we're all have the proclivity and have the tendency to convince ourselves that our way is right. The scriptures say, if you're going to have straight paths, if you're going to have a destination, or if you're going to end up where you want to end up or where God wants you to end up, first of all, you can't lean into your own understanding. When's the last time that you recognized a thought that you had was wrong, that was out of bounds, that actually wasn't helpful? This is why community is so important. This is why community groups are, are so important. This is why we have an elder board at the Bridge Church. Because sometimes Ethan's ideas aren't great ideas. And I have a lot of ideas. You should see my email inbox. Do you know who emails me the most? Me. It's me. Um, in, on the, if you've ever done Strengths Finders, um, Strengths it's an incredible tool. I love it. Um, my top five strengths on the Strengths Finders are, are uh, see if I can remember these futuristic, um, intellection, ideation, learner, and achiever. Those, those five. Um, I have so many ideas. It's like a problem. Um, And I can't even keep up with my own email inbox for all the ideas that I I send myself. I need a a mechanism. I need a place. I, I need something where I can bounce these ideas off of to see whether or not it's actually a good idea. This is what community is for. This is what the scriptures are for. This is what an elder board is for and other things. It's because sometimes the things that you are thinking in your head are actually not for your good. You have to come to a point where you recognize that in your life, just because you have a thought or an idea doesn't mean that it's actually going to be for your good. You've got to have a mechanism for questioning that thing. You've you got to have a way for, for, for asking, is this actually God's way? Is this the best way? Would this be God's best for my life? Don't lean on your own understanding. Be careful with your own understanding. Just because it makes sense in your head, you got to be careful. you got to watch out for that thing. Because if you always follow what makes sense in your head, it will lead you to a place you don't want to go. Somebody said you got to watch out. You got to watch out. You can't, you just can't go. The, lean not unto your own understanding. Here's the reality. That what we know from the scriptures is that life is, life is messy and, and the world is broken. Everything doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go. Relationships naturally are going to go south. Your finances are naturally going to go south. Your physical health is naturally going to go south. Which means we gotta, we got to be careful. We've we got we to be careful that we just don't do things that seem to feel good or make sense in our own head. That we got to have a means for questioning things. So he says, first of all, the first option is your own understanding. He says, don't lean on your own understanding. And he says, the, the other option is this, submit your, your ways to God. Submit to God in all your ways. Some of you, uh, your translation might say, acknowledge God in, in all your ways. The word here is um, acknowledge is kind of a helpful word and submit is a helpful word. The idea is that um, the word acknowledge, it's, it has the idea of knowledge in coming to a place where you know and understand, submit to God in all your ways, which means you have to be aware of God's ways and what God would want you to do in a situation, but not only acknowledge it, I like the word submit because then you have to submit to it. Which means when you face a decision in life, if you can get this today, it'll change your life. When you face a decision in life, if you have the ability to access the knowledge of God for that decision and you act on that thing, it will always be for your good. Half of the, half of the problem, half of the challenge is just understanding God's ways. This is the purpose of the church. One of the purposes of the church, this is the purpose of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, it's when heaven comes to earth, it's the way that God would operate. It's the way that heaven operates. It's the way that we can operate. It's the opportunity, but we have to understand what God wants, what God desires. What is the kingdom of God? What is the way of God? What is the way of God in my marriage? What would God say for how I should operate with my wife and my kids? And what is God's way for my finances and for my physical health and for relationships and for my vocation and for X, Y, and Z? Half the challenge is understanding God's ways. And then the other half is actually submitting to those ways. So much about spiritual maturity is not only understanding and knowing, but actually submitting to God's ways rather than submitting to your own ways. Here's, I'll say it this way. God's plan for my life is better than my plan for my life. You have to believe that. You, you, just, ha- you just have to get there. You, you have to get to a point in your life where you recognize that God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. I, I, re- I remember, um, the first time I can really remember this happening in, in, in my life. Um, um, I grew up in church, and um, was a pretty moral, kind of religious kid in in church. Um, I, I wasn't one of those kids that broke all the rules, I was one of those kids that kept all the rules and thought that by my own rule keeping that I was some kind of a good person or better person or spiritual person or whatever. I would come in high school, in high school I would come to recognize that I couldn't save myself and that my good deeds and my good actions, regardless of how amazing I thought they were, were not sufficient in order to grant me righteousness before God. And that was only acceptable, that was only the, the only able to receive through Jesus Christ and what Christ has done in my place and for my sins. Uh, about a year after I would um, come to know Christ and, and give God my life and really surrender, God to my, or surrender my life to God, um, I would begin to feel an internal... Um, calling, a conviction, desire, pulling towards um, pastoral ministry. I've told you this story before. Um, and I was a senior in high school, and as just a young teenager, I was like, ah, that's not, that's not what I'm supposed to do. This is a bad idea. These are just ideas that I'm having, and I would, I would, I would excuse them away. And, and literally, Week after week after week after week, it didn't matter what I did or what I said or how I could intellectually um, disagree with something. It was very clear and evident um, that God wanted me to be in pastoral ministry, which, by the way, you can see who won that <laughs> argument. Um, here's, what, here's what shifted for me. Here's what shifted for me. I didn't, I didn't want to do what God wanted me to do. Like at the end of the day, um, I, I wanted to do something in business. I wanted to do something in some kind of physical therapy or sports therapy or some kind of. Um, I loved sports. I was. I was. I, I just what I wanted to do with my entire life. I wanted to. wanted to make a lot of money. Wanted to do do something along those lines, and that was my plan. And then God's plan over here seemed like really miserable, like church, like all the time, like working, like and. That, like, that, that's, that's a bad idea, God. Like I've told you before, I would have rather like clean port for a living than like been a pastor for the rest of my life. That's like a bad, that's like a bad idea. Until after months and months of fighting and resisting God, God allowed me to see and to realize that his plan for my life was better than my plan for my life. Your spiritual maturity will only go as high as your ability to recognize that God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. That God's better at this than you are. I know you think you're amazing. I know you think you're smart. You've been at this for 22 years. You've been at this for 45 years. You've been at this for 60 years. You think you're pretty smart. You think you got it down. I can tell you, God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. Like we I don't know exactly what I don't know exactly what that might mean or what that might entail. That's the point. Trust is following God today and trusting him with what the outcome is going to be um, later. Here, I'll say it this way: the evidence of trust in God is submission to his outcomes for your life. That's the evidence of trust. The, the way that you really know that you trust in God is that you are okay with whatever outcomes he's going to produce in your life. That's, that's what trust is. It's, it's being okay with whatever scenario God wants to do, whatever outcome God wants to do. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to believe in him, letting him take care of the outcome. So many of us are worried about tomorrow when we should just be worried about today. So many of us are so concerned about what tomorrow's going to look like, when we should just be concerned with what today looks like. Uh, your outcome, uh, sorry, your responsibility is today. God's responsibility is tomorrow. I'll say it this way: Your responsibility is obedience. God's responsibility is outcomes. That's the that's the way that it, it works. But we want to flip the roles. We want the outcomes. We want to focus on what God is, or what we want eventually in, in life. Here's here's the key, just obey today with what you know to obey today with and trust God with the outcomes. Here, and and I'll say it this way, this this is probably the heart of the message right here. Are you okay with whatever outcome God would want to have in your life? Are you okay with whatever outcome God would want to do in your life? On every, on every level, your physical health. Are you okay with trusting God with your physical health? What about your family? What about a relationship? What about marriage? What about your kids? What about a vocation? Are you okay if God wanted to change your career path? Are, are, you, are you okay if God wanted to change something in your family? Are you okay if God allowed you to stay in the same situation that you're in right now without that thing that you want later down the road? Would you still trust God? I think all of us like a version of God or an idea of God where he, where he, makes, he creates a life that we enjoy, that we like. Are you okay with God if he doesn't create a life that you design or that you like? True trust is letting God be responsible for the outcomes when you're just responsible for obedience in, in the moment. And, and, and here's, here's, um, here's how, here's how I, I do it, and this might be, you can tell me later if you think this is a little weird. Um, I go ahead and imagine and envision scenarios that could happen in my life. I, I go ahead and, and imagine, like w- what if something happened to my health? What if something happened to my, my body, my physical body? What if I was impaired in some kind of? What if I got a disease? What if I got? Even if I got a disease, even if I got cancer, even if I got whatever that was, would I still trust God in that situation? What, what about my 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 career, my vocation? What if What if something happened and I'm no longer the pastor of the bridge? Would I still trust God? What What if something happened to the bridge that, that wasn't what I hoped for, what I wanted? Would I still trust God in in that situation? What about my family? What if, God forbid, something would happen to one of my children, one of my girls? What if, what if I ever lost one of my girls? Would I still trust God? What if something ever happened to my wife? What, what, if? Would I still trust God even in that situation? I think a lot of us are okay with following God and trusting God if it works out the way that we want it to work out. True trust in God is letting him be responsible for the outcomes and submitting to whatever outcomes he would have in our life. That's what trust is. That's what what, um, true trust is. And I I think that for a lot of us, we're okay with God if he works a deal out with us, if he produces what we want to have produced in our, our life. But we're not okay if he doesn't produce what we want him to produce in our our life. Yesterday I was at a um, yesterday I was at a graduation party and anybody um, going to graduation parties these days? Um, yesterday I was at a graduation party for a, a friend and I was um y'all being um living living in my shoes is just like it's like a It's a, it's a roller coaster. It's like a fun, it's like a really fun thing because what inevitably happens is I show up to places, wherever it is, and about halfway through the conversation, they discover that I'm a pastor. And then they recant everything that they said in the first half of the conversation. (laughs) That's my life. That's, that's my life. And, um... I'm, I'm, I'm at this party, I'm having this conversation. I'm, I'm sitting, sharing a drink with, with somebody and, and talking about their situation. And my girls are in dance and we we're talking dance life. And uh, th- this mom had, had, had done the whole dance world and her, kid, his, her kids were a little bit older and whatnot. And she literally looked, looked me in, in my eyes and she said, she said, my girls are my life. And I like smiled, but inside I was like, but what if something happens to them? The, the challenge is that she has built and designed a life around the thing. And when that thing is changed, she's going to be wrecked. She, if, if something ever happened to that thing, she would be decimated. She, if something ever happened to that thing, she would have a hard time making it through the day. That's, that's the problem, y'all. We tie ourselves to things rather than tying ourselves to God. Because if we put our trust and our hope and our security in him, then it doesn't matter what happens in our life. Even the painful things and the bad things, we know that our hope is still secure because it was anchored in him the whole time. You got to build a life and design a life anchored on God. Not the job, not the vocation, not the relationship, not the marriage, not the kids, not the house, not the car. It's got to be anchored on God because all of those things are going to change. All of those things are going to change. And Solomon would say, if you want to get where you want to get, you're going to have to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You're going to have to put your heart in him. You're going to have to put the essence of who you are in him, not on the things anymore, not on the kids anymore, not on the career anymore, not on the bank account anymore, because you're going to end up completely upside down and wrecked and devastated if you put your hope in those things. Amen. And he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't go the route that you think you should go. Don't make the decisions that makes sense in your mind. Submit everything to God in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And then you get the byproduct of he will direct your paths. He'll direct your paths. I'll close with this. Um, at the end of the day, the reason why I think most of us have a hard time trusting God is because we actually don't know Him. I think one of the reasons that we have a hard time really relying on God, really following God, a hard time obeying God and submitting to God with our finances and the way that He says that we should use our finances and the way that we should pursue romantic relationships, and the way that we should pursue anything. It's because we don't know God. It's because we don't know God and we forget who God is. Because if God is good, like if he's good, and if he's caring, and if he's compassionate, and if he has your best interest in mind, and if he's powerful, and if he's strong, and if he's mighty, then you would trust him every day of the week. If you believe that, if you actually believe that. But because you doubt that God actually has your best interest in mind, that he's good, that he's powerful, that he's strong, that he's caring, whatever, you have a hard time actually submitting to what he says you should do with your money, with your life, with your relationships, with your time, w- with everything. It reminds me of um, my, my, my youngest, Claire. Um, Claire is, uh, she's a doozy. She's, she's awesome. She's, um, she just, we just celebrated her uh, seventh birthday. She's seven years old the number of perfection, though she is not. And we, um, and uh, she's, um, she's, uh, she's, she's awesome, but she's different than the other two, it's, it's amazing. I, I never knew this, but like, um, growing up as a father with three, they're so different. All three of them are so different and they have their own personalities and their own ideas, their own, their own, their own, their own ways that they work through things and face things, and it's, 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 it's crazy. Um, my oldest two, with learning to ride a bike, um, did, did great. I mean, it was, you know, there, was, there were some bumps along the way, but it was pretty much, hey, give it a few tries, and, then, and they, they were good. You know, probably by, by about four years old or so. Um, Claire is seven and still struggling with riding her bike. It is not because of a lack of time. It is not because of a lack of effort. It is not because of a, a failure of instructions. <laughs> There's something different that's going on in that equation. Even today, this afternoon, if I took her out on the street... It would be, I mean, I'm embarrassed by what happens in the neighborhood with me and my daughter. I mean, on the, on the street, it's, it's that level of like madness. And I'm literally standing there and she, she can ride it she can kind of stop. She can't start on her own. So she's, she's got her helmet on. She's already crying. And she's like, I don't want to do this, dad. I don't want to do this, dad. But as a good, loving father, I'm going to make her do things that are even uncomfortable and dis- have discomfort in her life because I know that the re- reward is worth it. That's a, second, that's a parenting series later. But, um, and I'm holding the handlebar, and she's like, Dad, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. And I'm like... I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. I'm not... She's like, okay, okay. Just hold it, hold it, hold it steady. Hold it steady. Hold, hold, hold it steady. Dad, 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 dad. Okay, 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 okay. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, here you go. She's like, don't let go. Don't let go. Don't, don't let go. And I'm like, who do you think I am? Like, <laughs> you think I'm like some kind of like madman? Like, i like, nothing's going to happen to you. Like, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm like going to, I'm going to take care of you. Her, her challenge, this hurts a little. Her challenge isn't that her bike is somehow more insufficient than her other sister's bike or the, the road is less level or the, the, the sky is more dark or there's some kind of challenge. At the end of the day, she doesn't trust that I'm going to keep her okay in the process of learning how to ride her bike. At the end of the day, it's really what she thinks about me. She doesn't think that I'm going to take care of her because if she truly trusted that I was going to keep her from falling, she would ride the bike, maybe not in complete confidence, but she would ride the bike, trusting that I was going to help her and get her where she needed to go. I just wonder today if you trust God in that way, that he's for you, that he's holding the handlebars, that he's, he's got you, He cares about you. He has your best interest in mind. And regardless of what happens, if you trust in him, you can be assured that he's going to direct your paths. Amen. If you would, why don't you bow your heads with me as we, I want to give you a moment of reflection today as we respond. And I know that today is um, challenging to think about uh, giving God your, your life and your situation and all of that. But Um, I want you, wherever you are in in your own life today, in your own situation today, I want you to to ask the question, do I really trust in God? Do I really trust in God with with my life? Am Am I submitting to his ways? You know, there's only two options. Either you're in submission or you're in opposition. Those are the only two options. I would encourage you today with whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, that you would believe and recognize that. God is a good God. He's good. He cares for you. He sees you. And he has strength and he has might and he has power um, to help you in life's journey. And I want you to know today that your your paths can be straight. Your paths can be straight and you you can get exactly where God wants you to go. And maybe your path, even up to today, hasn't been as straight as you would like for it to be. Maybe your journey hasn't been as straight as you would hope for it to be. Um, If you submit to God today, if you trust him, he will direct your paths. He will direct your paths today. Would you stand to your feet with me? Father, today in Jesus' name, we we take this opportunity to submit to you. Father, we take this opportunity to to give you um, our obedience, to follow you um, and to trust you with our life. So Father, we we submit to you.